0: Welcome back to Shaping Global Markets, a series focused on key topics in the regulatory and financial technology space. I'm Natalie, your host, and every episode I'm joined by industry experts to discuss interesting and relevant ideas and answer timely questions about where the industry is headed. As always, we would love to hear from you about topics you want us to cover, so please subscribe, leave a comment, or follow us on Twitter, at DFIN Solutions. This is actually part two of a mini-series we're doing around RegTech, so if you're just tuning in, you might want to go back and check out part one where we speak with Eric Johnson, President of Global Investment Companies at DFIN. With Eric, we focused more on the regulatory or Reg side of things. We talked about what makes RegTech unique and its potential future applications. We also touched on the challenges the industry might face when adapting to a more automated regulatory compliance landscape, so definitely check that episode out. Today, I'm speaking with DFIN's Chief Product Officer, Floyd Strimling, to talk more about the evolution that led to today's greatest reg tech opportunities, and we'll be focusing more on the tech side of things, getting his perspective on the future of next-generation technologies in this space. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Floyd to the podcast. Hi, Floyd. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me.
0: It's certainly an interesting time to be discussing the advancements in the regulatory compliance space. But before we dive in, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your career leading up to today?
1: Sure. I would say that I'm a man of faith, a husband, a father, friend, person who is extremely busy with all that brings. I have had a bit of an unconventional path to where I am today. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot. Been through the tragedy of 9-11, the dot-com bust, the Great Recession, number two, and of course now, this current pandemic. I fell in love with startups, and that gave me a chance to do many different jobs and meet many interesting people who shaped really who I am in business and who I am as a person. Prior to coming to DFAN, I was working at SAP, and that's where I fell in love with Really what they describe as end-to-end enterprise application software. And really, it's its role in automation and how it fits within, at that time, the changing world of cloud computing and also this digital transformation that's going on. So for me, I came to Defend as my chance to simply stop talking about this digital transformation and actually do one. So what's great is that as Chief Product Officer, I have direct responsibility for engineering and for product and work closely with every aspect of the business and really help drive this digital transformation. And I'm really, really encouraged by the trajectory and the path that we're on and can't wait to see where the future brings us.
0: Thanks for that introduction, Floyd. I love what you said about being excited to do a digital transformation and not just be talking about one. Transformation is actually a beautiful segue to my next question and a great place for us to start this discussion because RegTech was born out of necessity for change in a lot of ways and has pushed the industry to move faster through its own digital transformation. So let's just take a little step back. Can you talk about what the initial catalyst for regulatory technology was? Yeah,
1: unfortunately, regulatory technology has always been in the product of something that's happened that has created a climate where regulation becomes necessary. If you think about it, regulation is a topic that continues to be a hot topic in, in, in the country, in the United States, but also in the world on how much is too much and what do we actually need. But really the first piece of, of regulatory legislation that I look at is really the Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002. And that act really was a way to really apply regulation to privately held companies. And it was a way to really look at how things were happening with some of the public companies and other things that were going on around Enron and WorldCom, which were huge names at the time. So it also covers the responsibilities of a public company and especially its board of directors should act. That act itself changed a lot of things. It it created a lot of companies and a lot of momentum for what I would say is the beginnings of this reg tech kind of world. And I think it kept going. And really, the next one that I would point to probably is the 2010 with the Dodd Frank Act, which was because of what had happened with Wall Street and the crashes that we experienced. A change of the way that we would look to to regulate ourselves and the, the things that we're looking for around different agencies and the government and what the government's looking for in each of these pieces. I also think just the the very act of the SEC is there to protect investors. And as things get bigger and bigger and more important, I think that you're starting to see that the role of the SEC is getting more expansive, especially as things move more towards digital and less towards paper, where things move so fast, you need to change the way you do things to get through it.
0: Exactly. I like how you phrase that. As we continue to move faster, we rely on technology to gather information, but also organize it in a way that can be consumed easily. So to your point, as the SEC plays a a bigger and bigger role and regulations have more of an impact on businesses, it's natural to look for optimizations that will aid us in moving faster. But I'm also curious because in an industry that relies heavily on compliance and risk management, it would seem the barriers for adopting new technology would be quite high. So, can you talk a little bit about the greatest challenges that you see standing in the way of rag tech and its applications across the industry?
1: Yeah, I think the challenges around RegTech tech are really a, a, there, there's a lot of them. And you know, one of the big challenges is, is in the changing regulations themselves within the federal government and the and the other governments that you look at. And it, it's not just at a, at a federal or at the highest levels. It's now down to the U.S. state levels. In Europe, it's the EU and the individual countries. In Asia, you have different countries that have different types of acts that they have to uh, adhere to. And I think really the, the the barrier here is how to get more modern technology involved in regulatory tech, um, and then also how to share information and share really important information and be able to analyze it at a much faster rate so that people could use that information for a desired outcome. It's got to be more than just reporting in and then figuring out what you did wrong. It's got to be able to be used by uh, individual investors, by individual companies, by other entities to push this forward. And one of the big things is that the way and that we want to use this versus how it's being used today is very interesting to say the least. One of the examples I use, and I will still use it, is if you just look at automobiles. And in an automobile sense, we all drive a car. I've had many different brands in my life. I have some loyalty to some things I don't have to others, but I never felt like I was drawn to something or a part of a movement. If you just look like what companies like Tesla have done, To take something like build a car, make changes. Yes, there's enhancements and features like over-the-air software and other things, and the electric part of it. But at the end of the day, they've now transformed something that we all used and thought we knew into something new and exciting. And they've given birth to other companies that are doing similar things and trucks and then big rigs and other things that are that are moving this forward. So I think what's really fascinating is how something that we know and we think it needs to be done. It's a good idea to have regulatory technology. It's a good idea to regulate and to have information available, but how to make that into something much more, a movement or an exciting type of space that people want to to be in and want to be part of.
0: There's got to be more to it than finding an exciting niche, right? I think a large part of it is showing a company's expertise and foresight for reimagining what the technology could be used for. To say it in a different way, I suppose, there's a lot of value in imagining the unique applications of, in our case, RegTech, and defining the various problems it can solve. But before we can all reimagine that future, maybe you can share a little bit of what the current use cases for RegTech are. And then I'd love to hear from your perspective what a potential future application could look like making RegTech more exciting.
1: Yeah, so if I look at if I just look at what people are doing with this right now, you know, RegTech started off with just filing a report and there are there are wholesale parts of the industry that you still file, print and publish a report, hand it in, you know, turn in your term paper and now I'm I'm in compliance. And then we we started moving more towards this ability to do more with HTML and Edgar HTML, and you really push that into a way to signal and move things into the regulatory bodies. And then something called XBRL was born, and XBRL was really uh, born out of this need to do more than what you can get out of the standard type of, of HTML and, and, and even Edgar HTML. But It had its shortcomings as well. And now we're on our next generation, which is really called Inline XDRL, which I believe has the ability to take off beyond where it is today. We're seeing now not only are the governments using it, but we're seeing it now being used by state, local municipalities, and specific industries are looking at it because it has so many advantages uh, and allows uh, really for the tagging of an object inside of a document or of a piece of data that could then be used comparatively and analytically around multiple different sets of data. It has a fascinating use case that you could use to help the regulatory bodies as well as the individual companies. It also has the ability for, say, you and I to build really interesting applications with that data itself that enable you to do different types of comparisons without having to store that information, without even really knowing nothing more than just the tag name that would contain that data itself. So I think that this next instantiation of of how we're going to communicate, we're at a path now where I believe we're finally at a unified state that IXPRL is the right way to do this. And then this is now leading to a lot of innovations in the space. Most of it really has been in the creation of that information that we want to file. And that means how do I, as a company, public, private entity, create this information and then provide it to the government in a way that they need it or the way the entity, the way they need to consume it, and then know for a fact that I'm compliant based upon what was given. So I see a next generation of RegTech now coming up because of this kind of unification around one way of tagging and marking it. And I also see that a lot of people are seeing the benefits of of the technology as a
0: whole. Maybe it would be helpful if you could define a few of the benefits of using RegTech. Not so much the surface level ones that might come to mind, like um, organizing data, optimizing reporting, obviously supporting regulatory compliance. But what are some of those farther reaching benefits and values to using RegTech that don't always spring to mind?
1: There are two sides to this coin. On one side is the content creators, and on the other side is going to be the People that consume the information. From a content creator, I think if you went out and polled all the CFOs around there, they will tell you that this is something that they do because they have to. Not necessarily do because they want to or have a deep affection for it. It's a part of their job and they need to get it done. For them, it's all about automating and making this more efficient as they have to file these documents. It also enables that business to grow because if you don't file and if you don't do this, you can't get into different areas, you can't extend your business, you can't really grow. So it's still important, but it really is to make them more efficient in the collection, in the documentation, and ultimately the composition, tagging and filing of this information to whatever entity you want. So their benefits are all gonna be around efficiencies, around doing more with less, and then around using that, uh, that, that data themselves and in, in creating the information that they need to create. On the other side, you've got more of the regulatory bodies, and the regulatory bodies are going through their own generation of data science and artificial intelligence and trying to be able to use this information quickly to detect something that we all can get our arms around, fraud, but also to detect anomalies in what's going on in the companies or in the reportings So they can get that out to the rest of the investor community or whatever community they're in to tell them what's going on. And then there's a third constituent that we don't really ever think about. And that's you and me. That's the individual consumer that may be a hedge fund manager that may be someone else. There's value in this data itself that manifests this way where it's really, really Critical data when it's not public, then it becomes public and then it's in the public domain, so it's not as critical because we all have access to it. But those that can take that information and find strategically bits of that reporting, whether that be something as simple as a revenue number or something as complex as some derivative or some information they're looking for, can I use that as an advantage to make decisions that I'm making about you or about your comparative companies or about comparative spaces or about different areas. I think that's where it gets really interesting. It's an untapped space. There are tools that allow us to do it, but I will tell you, most people don't really know because it's not the technology, is not what's important, it's what you do with it. We gotta get to that point where we could do something with this, not that I care or you care or CFO or anyone cares about iXperial, But we'll care about what the end result is of that technology.
0: It seems that right now the sky's the limit given the way you're describing data almost having this potential energy waiting for the right moment, but it sounds to me that the challenge is in finding a way to harness it and scale the solution. So are those future ideas and use cases for the technology already in play? Has anyone in the regulatory space thought to that next generation?
1: So let me answer this in a a couple of different ways. So the, the first way I'd answer is like this, the ability to use technology and to use techniques, which is all ML is, is a technique, is it has to be used in conjunction of an outcome that can be consumed by somebody or something. And it's right now it's, Yeah, we have all this cool technology out there and there's a lot of great things we could be doing, but what are we doing with it, truly? There are a lot of people with ideas, but how many of us read a financial report? Not many. Matter of fact, according to the rules, the... The government has already changed with 30E3, another regulation, that that you don't have to have printed copies, that the default can be electronic. And why is that? Well, because most people aren't reading the copies anyway. So it's a faster, cleaner way to deliver it via email or whatever medium that that, that you want to deliver it by. So you have all this information and it's sitting there. Is it waiting for the next great idea of how to use it? I say it is. I mean, the example that I would use, and I it's one that's been around and we all use it. But if you just look at something like text messaging, and the reason why I bring this up is that text messaging is nothing new. It was there from almost the beginning. We used to tap on our phones, believe it or not, before phones had keyboards. You used to tap 222 to get to your letter that you wanted, and you would, you'd have to write out a message. So it was not usable to most people. It was something of, why do I want to do this? Lo and behold, here comes. Things like the BlackBerry, but actually I think it was Apple that really took it to the next level. And all of a sudden now, who could live without texting? It brought new applications like chat applications, iMessage, WhatsApp, Snapchat. God knows what's coming next. You got all this stuff out there, and it really was based around the one piece, which is you just want to communicate via text. I believe that we'll see a bunch of different types of applications come out of this data and out of this information that the RegTech companies are providing. And we won't think about it as RegTech. We'll think about it as, oh, this is just really cool for me how to do it. It may be a comparison of funds that might be where we start, but it's going to go someplace that probably I don't know yet and you won't know yet, but somebody is going to create an application or a use case for this that's going to take it beyond where we are. And the only reason why I can't tell you right now where that's going is we're still in the infancy of where we are today. We're still automating that back end, and the SEC is modernizing their side and we haven't really been concentrating on what you and I could do with it, but it is something that we're all thinking about and will be something that we can more understand and utilize in our day-to-day lives.
0: Yeah, it's certainly an interesting idea and that potential, which I mentioned earlier, is palpable. Definitely something for many of us to continue thinking about, which leads me to my next question. As we're all dealing with the current global pandemic, do you think it's offering a space and even inspiring more innovation within RegTech?
1: Yes, so the key to that is that word global. And where there are regulations in the EU, like Crips and asthma, the regulations in the US around Ixoral filings and taggings, and this is a global world. In Asia, like we said, it's everywhere. What does this pandemic do to that global world or the globalization? And I'm I'm one that thinks that a couple of things are going to happen. Uh, the first thing is I don't believe that globalization is going to stop. I think once. The smarter than I doctors and scientists find a way to to have a vaccine and a treatment for this. Life will return to some type of new normal. But we all have to realize that as much as we know is as much as we don't know, which probably scares all of us because we're so advanced, yet we're not. And that's more on the medical side of the of the place that I'm not going there. And then on the other side, now, what does that mean for companies? And I think it's going to mean a couple of things. I think larger corporations, public corporations that are under heavy burden of regulation are going to have to look at ways to automate and to make this easier to to present this information to the bodies that they have to report it to. I also think that the modernization of the bodies is going to continue. And that means that perhaps someday the SEC is not going to want a Large verbose document that's tagged with information on your company. Perhaps they're only going to ask you to upload the tables, and maybe they don't even want the printed or the HTML version, they just want the iXPRL tags of that table sent up to them. That's going to change the way that companies think about how they prepare and how they do this, and it's going to change the way that they want to move forward and the way they can address this. This, as we talked about in the game, this isn't really a what I would call a sexy industry. For a lot of companies, this is a introductory job uh, for people to get introduced to a company. Now, There are people that love it and I've met them and I think it's fascinating myself, but for the most part, it, it seemed as a stepping stone to move on to other things. So these types of industries will require us in this new world is you can, A, you're going to have to find talent that wants to do this. B, you're going to have to train them, and you're going to have to get them to understand both regulations and uh, the technology in a work-from-home environment. So maybe the way that people have done it today isn't going to work. We're not going to be able to sit in a room arm-in-arm arm, and figure this out. We're going to have to do it over collaborative technologies, over distances that have been – I think the key to this is they've been purposely built to solve the problem at hand. This is not simple composition. This is much more than this. Tagging is not as easy as just selecting something and looking at a list of tags. There's things like custom tags and there's a lot of different things that you can do with it. It's very complex. So how do you train somebody? How do you give them the tools that they need to get there? And I think that type of collaboration and workflow is going to be critical to how people will operate in the new world. And Even the way people review and the people distribute this is going to change because there's going to be some people that are never really going to be comfortable again in that room with you that are going to need to review this. How do they sign off? How do they make changes? How do they get this to the right place? All this requires technology. And thankfully, a lot of this is in place today, and we're doing a lot of wonderful things in this space around being able to do this. But it needs to go further than where we are today to really take advantage of these changes that are happening.
0: You bring up another important point about the act of not being able to share space right now or be in the same room, and it's definitely driving the use of technology as well as pushing for innovation. But you also mentioned the complexity of some of these processes. Specifically, you were talking about the difficulty of tagging or IXBRL. Do you see a time where that becomes more simple in a way that will allow for greater collaboration and more involvement from those that aren't experts?
1: I think it's happening. Right now, but it's happening with within the industry itself is what's transforming it. For example, the act of tagging, and if you ever have a podcast on the intricacies of iXBRL tagging, I'm sure your viewers and your listeners would love to to hear that. That is an extensive uh, solution stack and an extensive education in things that are. V- Extremely complex on how you do this, and the, the dimensions and the way that you decide what gets tagged, what way is really an interesting, you know, way of thinking of this the space. But to the average user, I, I don't, I don't really want to know. Do I really care how the music is coming into my ear? Do I want to know how the internet works? I don't think a lot of people, they just want to know the apps work. Who wants to know the inner workings of Netflix? I I do, but that's because I'm a technical geek at heart. Most of people don't care so the simplification of the apps themselves is what needs to have to happen uh, and the use of technology in a simple manner just having the the technology itself is one piece of it but if i can't figure out how to make it so simple and easy for anybody to use it to make it this automation so part of my regular routine then it's not going to be it's not going to take and i'm not going to want to do this it's going to be more of a burden and not something i want to do so i think we, as a company, are, are looking at ways to simplify purpose-built ways to use this technology to accomplish a goal. And I think this whole idea of, you know, single generic solutions that do everything need to give way to very, of these purpose-built ways of doing it underneath a suite. And, and that's what companies will need to get where they want to go. So, yes, I think it's going to happen, and I think we're going to get there ourselves. You know, I, for one, as an extrovert and as a person who likes to be around people, don't really fancy a world where I'm sitting at home, where I go into the office with a mask and a plexiglass shield and I do not come in, into this line. So I'm expecting that you know, this new normal has to be somewhere in between it because at the end of the day, we're all human. So we we need those interactions. We need them through technology, but we need them through each other and actually being in the same room. But there needs to be a way that technology can automate and really help this process throughout from that beginning to end, the end to end process. Again, going back to my roots of that end to end enterprise applications, I would love to see RegTech look at things that way instead of simply tooling that handles one simple solution at a time.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that notion of an all purpose application where users can log in and go through their entire process and workflow without exporting to something else or having to get into the weeds is exactly what people are looking for. Because to your point, the experts behind the tech have already done that work and understand what the user needs. So I think I only have one more question for you. And it's a personal favorite of mine. It's one that I end every episode on. Can you tell me about your favorite application or tool that you use personally or professionally that helps you do more with your day or at work?
1: That's a great question. Great question. You'd think that my phone was full of a thousand applications and you would be completely wrong, I have no idea how my kids find anything with their hundreds of folders and way too many applications that they use, but somehow they do find it. But, you know, recently, and this will probably be a little bit funny to some people, I discovered uh, by helping my daughter with her math homework in high school, an application that she was using on the iPad that we we're actually doing the math homework on the iPad, at which time I turned to her and said, so what is that application? And is that something that I could use or is it something the school uses? And snarkily, she turns and says, dad, that's just notability. Don't you know what notability is? And of course, I had no clue. So for me, that notability has completely Transformed me from needing paper and uh, to being able to take notes, share notes across devices, and and really even to use it on on my laptop, which I still do use. Uh, I I found that to be probably one of the most powerful applications that I've seen in the way that it's changed the way that I uh, interact and and, and really that the way I organize my my notes and the way that I use them. I think it's a fantastic
0: application and a, and it works on any device. Awesome. Is it different than OneNote? That's very different. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever used Notability. I've just always relied on OneNote on my Word computer.
1: Yeah, the ability to import a PowerPoint and take notes on it. I mean, all of us have sat in a a meeting and we take notes on the paper. What do we do with the paper? You know, I know what I do with the paper. I recycle it. Now I take notes and then I go back. And for me, someone that is not naturally the most organized person in the world, but craves more of a technology solution. It has given me both of those cases to be able to do that and and to be able to hold myself accountable. I have a running to do list notability that's fantastic where I can erase things and move things up and I can go back and check to see what I was doing. It's it really for me and it works for me. It's great. Plus when I doodle around and I'm the kind of person that even in this conversation, I take notes as we're talking. Those are nothing that I need to keep. So it's just great to be able to click it and say delete and it's gone and I didn't kill a tree and I didn't want really to stink. And it's something that's always there for me. So
0: very ego friendly of you.
1: Added benefit of, of, of the solution
0: absolutely well floyd thank you so much for taking the time this has really been a great conversation and an absolute pleasure yeah
1: thank you for for having me and and i enjoyed the conversation as always